It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, Matt, how are you feeling as we head into start crash landing into week number ten, past the halfway point? Yeah, very much past the halfway point. Got a banger of a Thursday night game, uh, Panthers-Falcons. Uh, with supposedly bad weather, it's like, oh, what could make this game even a little bit just more disgusting? Some some rain and some wind. <laughs> but you know what's crazy, though, is that this game actually has, like, you know, implications for the playoffs, which is crazy. Like, the, oh, the well, Falcons yeah. are, are battling right now. Yeah, the Arthur Smith-led Falcons uh, running the football all the way to, to winning the NFC South. Yeah, you, so you'd love to see that. No, nah, man. But I'm feeling pretty good. You know, busy night ahead of us. We're taping this on Wednesday. I'll be up uh, up into the wee hours of the night, uh, cracking away on the reception perception in-season rookie report, uh, the oh, second yeah. annual That's edition right. of the That's reception right. perception in-season uh, rookie report. So it's kind of fun to uh, – mostly done with all the guys I'm, I'm going to do. I just got to put together the – you know, me and our, our buddy Zach Miller put together all the stuff for it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a re- another really, really interesting rookie class for sure. Hey, man, if you're listening to us and you are not subscribed, do us a solid and subscribe to the show as well. If you could rate the podcast, that would be cool. But, you know, at the end of the day, just subscribe to the show, man. Like, there's a lot of these little mini segments that get popped up. And, you know, unlike other shows, you don't have to necessarily listen to us for 45 minutes if you don't want to. Um, you know, our producer, Nick, does such a great job kind of parsing out the information. If you have 15 minutes in your day, I promise you, you'll be a smarter football fan after listening to this podcast as well. So be sure to subscribe. Hit that subscribe. Be sure to rate uh, and subscribe to the podcast. All right, that stuff out of the way. We're talking about the Rookie Report. And again, this is such great information, great knowledge uh, being dropped on the subscribers of the website. So let me hit you with this, Matt. Give me the biggest surprises in the Rookie Report. Maybe somebody that was better than anticipated. So for folks that are unfamiliar with uh, with the Rookie Report, just to just to bring it back for a second. So I, this is the first time, second year I've done this last year, um, put out around, I'm actually getting it out earlier this year and with potentially more players. How exciting. Shout out to me. Um, it's a, it's basically a mini sample of these guys and their reception perception results. So four games for pretty much every, all the rookies that have been playing a lot. And there has actually been quite a bit of rookies that have been playing. Um, so you're going to get information on Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, you know, even though he hasn't played in a while, he did get those four yeah. games in all the way down to guys like David Bell and Wandell Robinson, you know, some of these, some of these later, uh, later kind of tier guys at this point. So um, it's for prime and sicko members to the website. So receptionperception.com slash pricing. If you, Need to get a membership if you already have one. Uh, it'll be on the website on Thursday morning, uh, right yeah. on the homepage there. It'll be great. So, um, anyways, I think the biggest surprise is not that Chris Olave is good, James, because mm-hmm. we knew Chris Olave was going to be good. Like, 
reception perception showed he was an awesome prospect that, you know, right up there. I think he was right up there with the guys, you know, like Drake London, like uh, the guys like like Garrett Wilson, you know, the, those, those first tier of receivers. In fact, I, I had him number two in the class. Uh, hmm. And but again, it's not it's not that he's good because we knew he's number one in success rate versus man, number one in success rate versus press among the prospects sampled last year. James, I dropped it in discord today. Uh, this guy has a full green route chart in his in his oh, sample wow. for, uh, you know. He's got, he's gone digs, bro. You know, the, all the green, all, you know, Devonte Adams, every single route. He has an above average success rate versus coverage score on. Um, he really truly is wow. that good. I mean, he, he looks like, and this is kind of the funny thing about him. I'm, I'm, I've still gotten a couple questions about this. Like, yeah, Chris Olave is playing well, but is he like a legit number one receiver? I'm like, what more do you want the guy to do? You know, like he's, legitimately good at everything uh like i said he ranks he ranks number one in success rate versus zone coverage among the pros among these guys in the reception perception rookie report who ranks second uh against press coverage and third in success rate versus man and like i said a above average success rate so a green route on every single route on the route wow. tree that is the stuff that only the best receivers in the nfl do and and of course i mentioned this in the rookie report i mentioned it on the last podcast with garrett wilson I do expect almost all of these, like some of these numbers to come down. Like I would say that, you know, Chris Olave might not have a full green route chart when I publish his full sample in the right. off season from his rookie year. But the fact that he's at, you know, a 74.1% success rate versus man, 83.2% success rate versus zone, 81.8% success rate versus press right now with that full green route chart. I mean, and an 80% contested catch rate. Uh, let, me, can I, wow. let me point that out as well, because like that was kind of a question. I never saw that as a question in his game, but like the ability to win in tight coverage was a question for other draft analysts. And man, I mean, I see nothing in his film, not a hint from the RP data to suggest that he's anything but like a legit, big, and legit number one receiver. Um, I, one last thing, one yeah. last thing before we go on. Um, you know, the, I think the most impressive part about everything I've read off so far is that like, and, and you'll be able to see this in the report tomorrow on his route percentage chart. Like he's not running any, he's run like 5.6% slant routes. There's no like Mickey mouse routes here. This is all like gotcha. big boy down the field NFL stuff. So, I mean, Chris Olave, it's surprising just how good he is, even though I expected him to be a very good NFL player. Part of what I think makes the rookie report so exciting is that generally rookies take a little bit of time to develop. And I kind of have like this, like, I don't know what it's like. You give them six, you give them six games. Right. And then they start to take off. Right. Um, yeah. and, and again, that's just a general rule. Some guys take longer, some guys are shorter, but Hayden generally when I, from underdog fantasy calls it the post by rookie bump. And I like that term. I think that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, no doubt. But again, since week number two, Chris Olave, 9.9 .9 targets, 5.7 receptions, 82.4 yards per game and 14.4 yards per reception. Okay, now if there's a little number that you look and say, well, hmm, okay, what's going on here? 58% catch rate. But I think you could explain a lot of that, Matt, in terms of the routes that he is running. Uh, again, probably more, you know, if such a few percentage are slant routes, and those are, you know, again, kind of more layup throws, you would anticipate a, a lower catch rate as well. Yeah, and especially I think he's influenced a lot 
um, by those first few games with Jameis Winston, you know, week two, 38.5% catch rate, a lot of prayer yards uh, yeah. in those air yards. What, what, uh, Andy Dalton's first start, was that against the the Seahawks there when they, when they won that game? But anyway, I mean, regardless, the last four games, he's got a 61.1% catch rate, which is not super, super high. Right. But that is, again, you know, there's a difference between playing with Very Andy Dalton and playing, <laughs> playing with Jameis Winston. <laughs> um, but And that's the cool thing about right. Olave, too, is that we've seen him succeed with two – from a stats perspective, we've seen him succeed with two different types of quarterbacks. Like, you want him to be the, the prairie yards, air yards, deep ball receiver with Jameis Winston? Yeah, he can put up nine catches on 13 targets against the Carolina Panthers and, you know – all that stuff, running go routes and, you know, those those routes. But if you want him to play with more of like – I mean, I, I'm not sure what Andy Dalton is at this point, but let's just call him like more of a timing, rhythm, passer, <laughs> like a guy who's going to get right. the ball out quickly. That That's more uh, – he can do that as well. You know, he can go uh, seven catches for on 14 targets uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. He can go six uh, for 71 against the Ravens. Uh, so, like – yeah, I think it's the fact that we've seen him succeed with like he's quarterback proof, right? Because those are two yeah. very, very different type of passers and he's still succeeding with both of them. Yeah. And to clarify, Andy Dalton did come in a week prior to Seattle. Seattle was week five, week four. It was against Minnesota. Andy Dalton did start that game there. But no, I mean, again, I think to your point, it is pretty impressive, right? That Olave, a rookie has played like a veteran in terms of it doesn't matter who the signal caller is. He's going to go out there and do his thing. And really, when it really comes down to is you talk about it all the time, earning those those looks and this guy averaging nearly 10 targets a game. It's more than just there's nobody else out there, which I think that is part of the conversation, too. And we should address that. No question. But earning yourself 10, nearly 10 targets a game since week number two, uh, that speaks to me anyways. A lot of you're earning those looks, you're getting open, you're running the routes and man, you are cooking some of these defenders. And, and again, when your quarterback, it does, and it doesn't matter who it is, uh, when your quarterback knows that that's what's going to happen, he's going to start to develop eyes for you too, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, he definitely, he definitely does. I mean, he, had, he did have a 13 target game in we had 13 targets in back-to-back weeks, weeks two uh, against the Bucks and week three against the Carolina Panthers. And those were Michael Thomas games, Jarvis Landry in the mix for some of that as well. Yeah. So I think he succeeded regardless. And really, honestly, it's like, They've just thrown the ball with these wide receiver injuries. They've just thrown the ball to Alvin Kamara, who has 38 targets uh, in his last five games. So right. really, it's just been a changing of the offense. But it's been Olave and Kamara and, and pretty much nobody else. And I mean, man, I, I just think like you said it so well that he plays like a, a veteran, not just because he wins re- regardless of who, which quarterback is back there, but also just I mean, I'm telling you, like, obviously, it's it's influenced in the success rates there it comes out in, in that but like the way he's able to set up defenders the way he's able to maximize leverage on his routes and the way you know to take a corner outside before crossing his face to come back inside right take a corner in the in the inside and to come back and cross his face there it's just that's all like 10 year pro stuff man i mean guys <laughs> like there are there are dudes that have been playing in the nfl for a long time that can't run routes like that and i still think it's worth you know mentioning too great 40 time the, the speed yeah. is there on the field as well so he's not just like oh great he's a technician he's also a pretty high-end athlete as well uh man i'm, I'm just so excited about him and, and you know long time rp diehards know i don't throw this comparison out there lightly but i really think there's a lot of stefan Diggs in his game the ability to, wow to run routes and 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 
I mean, that was the thing with Diggs right away. It's like, oh, wow, as a rookie player, you know, rookie second-year player, he was running routes like a a longtime NFL veteran, you know, and, and obviously Diggs was like a day three draft pick. Chris Olave was taken, uh, you know, at the 11th overall pick, traded up so much to get Chris Olave. It's kind of hard. <laughs> I had a Saints fan say to me, it's like, it's kind of hard knowing how good he is, but still will probably never be worth those, the draft picks. I'm like, you just got to let it go, right? It happened, okay, yeah, at this point. Like, it does. the Saints are the Saints. You just have to now be appreciative of the good player. But, yeah, I mean, I really think there's a lot of Stephon Diggs to to his game. I can I see him going on that axis of wide receivers, you know, which is still like if it's not Diggs, it's like Calvin Ridley, those type of guys, man. He really is that type of player to me. You know, for me right now, uh, when you talk about Diggs, and I think you and I had talked about Diggs uh, coming out of Maryland, and I, and surprisingly, I think I was higher on Diggs uh, than you were at the time. And this all goes back to why, because I love contested catch dudes, and obviously Diggs is one of the yeah, best he is in that the guy, game yeah. um, at doing that. Um, and so it's it's interesting to me when you talk about the contested catch rate for Chris Olave as well. You know, he didn't really have to do a lot of that in college, right? Like, he's no, just yeah. so, so open. <laughs> he was yeah. so open uh, when he was playing for Ohio State that very rarely did you did you really see contested catches. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Perception, perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Hey, let's talk about a guy that has been, well, he's been lightly used, to be honest with you. How about Wandale Robinson? I mean, the last three games probably is is what you're going off of, Matt, because, you know, he's played four games total, didn't really get used very much uh, there in week number one, and, and now he's back healthier. Don't know if he's fully healthy, but healthier anyways. And over the last three games, a pretty low volume type dude, five targets, 3.7 receptions, just 34 yards receiving in what is a very low volume passing attack as well. What does reception perception tell you about uh, Wandell Robinson? Yeah, Robinson's a really interesting player. And honestly, I almost kind of feel like I don't 100% like have a feel on, on Wandell Robinson yet, because as a as a collegiate player I really thought he mostly looked like a guy that was going to be a gadget player at the NFL level mm -hmm. and I still sort of kind of feel that way like you know in terms no, but maybe from a usage standpoint he's like a um you know I mean I get on one uh, oh man this is gonna be so difficult but like Wandale Robinson from a usage standpoint could be a little bit um Rondale Moore ish but less of the fake receiver stuff that we saw last year and more of like okay, some of the slot stuff that we've seen this year, you know, and again, when you look at 
Wandale Robinson from a reception perception standpoint, he's definitely not going to blow you away from like a success rate versus co- a coverage standpoint. You know, he's certainly okay. not going to be a big time man beater or press beater. Cause he's not that type of player, but you know, 75% success rate versus zone. I, I wonder some of that about the health too. Um, but what is interesting to me about him and why I think he could be a really interesting player for the second half of the season is he does show a little bit of more of ability than I thought in like his ability to win, on some intermediate and downfield routes. You know, the slant route's pretty solid there, uh, but he has an average success rate on the post route. Uh, He Hmm. has a 77.8% success rate on the dig route. I was kind of surprised too, because they haven't necessarily had, they've not not necessarily targeted him there, but he's run his, in terms of um, the majority of his routes, they've been post routes. Like they've actually kind of gotten him running downfield. They just haven't gotten him Hmm. necessarily hitting those big plays yet. And what's really what and talk about contested catch guys, I, I kind of want you to to like go pull up the game pass and like search all of Wandale Robinson's targets because like the guy has had seven contested catch attempts that I've charted in again, pretty much just like three and a three and change games, right? Um right. and he's won eighty-eight uh or eighty-five point seven percent of them. Like wow. the guy, despite being small. Pretty so like small, small but mighty. Yeah, he's so I mean he's so small. But he's <laughs> kind of a bit of a badass in these contested situations. And I was like, I was impressed by that because yeah, that is look impressive. again, most of his stuff is gonna be running in the open field. They're gonna get him against zone coverage and he's gonna, you know, kind of win um in that type of way. But I think I think there are some signs from him early in his career of being like maybe a Jamison Crowder type of player. And I know that's not going to like, I just compared Chris Olave to Stefan Diggs, right? Okay. So that's not going to like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to melt the listeners' right. faces, right? Yeah. Um, that's not going to go crazy. But I do think like, remember Jamison Crowder, he was like a legit slot receiver that made plays down the field too. I know he got a bit of like into the pop gun slot receiver role, role with like Sam Darnold and the Adam Gase offense. Cause of course, but you know, back in Washington, like Jamison Crowder is making plays on those post routes, stuff like that. And, you know, be a guy who could win in, in kind of tight coverage there. So I don't know, Wondell Robinson, I'm not hundred percent sure. How, like I, like I said, I don't know that I have a great feel for him as a player, but there's some stuff in there that intrigues me a little bit, especially on a wide open depth chart there in New York. Yeah, a round two pick, uh, pick number 11 in the second round there for the New York Giants. Uh, we talk about his size, just 5'8", 178 pounds. Um, and, and, you know, look, it was he's an, a decent athlete. I think he's got a little bit more wiggle in the short area uh, than he does in terms of, like, long speed. Running a 4 4 4 40 at that size is not great. It's like, uh, eh, you, yeah. Yeah, that's meh. It's not bad. It's certainly not bad. It's just eh. You know, uh, and a 34 and a half inch vertical too, uh, is just kind of eh about, you know, in terms of what, what he can do from an explosive, uh, standpoint. So yeah, I, I'll, I'm interested. Um, I am interested to see what he can do. And, and I kind of agree with that overall assessment of, Hey, listen, man, like he can do some creative things. And I think he's working with the, the exact right coach yeah. in Brian Dable to kind of yeah. bring out those things. I think, Matt, it probably would be fair to say that if this guy, Wandale Robinson, was on a different roster, I think the vibes around him might be a little bit different. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think Dable's probably putting him in the right spot at the right time to try to maximize what this guy can do. I think so. And, you know, you mentioned how high he went in the NFL draft. That was, like, surprising at the time. You know, he went ahead of guys like – 
George Pickens, Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, you know, who had a little bit more hype on them. Um, and he went, he went so high. It was kind of like, man, are they, are they sold on Kadarius Tony at the time? And you know, all the, co- all the Tony bros are like, no, 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 Tony's still the wide receiver one. Well, they freaking traded Kadarius Tony in the middle of the season. And like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, I guess we, guess we got the answer on that one. Um, yes. but you know, Wanda Robinson certainly is ticketed, I think to be like a souped up Isaiah McKenzie, uh, for this offense or think about like, you know, and the cool thing about the giants, right. Is that Brian Dable is not calling the plays, but he's certainly involved in the design of the offense. Right. But he's been, I think that's been a huge part of why they've been so successful, especially on like game management stuff. Take note, offensive coordinators, uh, Gellhart and I talked about this a few episodes ago, how I think Brian Dable passing off the play calling duties. Mike Kafka has been a a good thing for his development as a head coach in year one, but obviously fingerprints are going to be all over the offense. And yeah, even Mike Kafka coming from Kansas city, they've taken advantage of these like slot type players, you know, for years, right there in Kansas City, and you know, even Cole Beasley had a huge season for the Bills in this Brian Dayball offense, and like, you know, like I said, Isaiah McKenzie has had some moments there as well, and, and Wondell Robinson certainly looks like it looks like much more of a real receiver than Isaiah McKenzie does out there at this point. So, um, I I'm pretty interested. Again, very limited sample size here, yeah, but I do I do think that we've seen some encouraging things for him being like a you know, long time slot receiver, maybe like a golden Tate type of player. If I'm, um, hmm. if I'm being a, trying to be a little more exciting than, you know, damn Jameson Crowder. <laughs> well, here's, here's the problem. If his success rate versus zone holds, and, and I think I heard you say it was around 75%. That's not that encouraging, right? Yeah. Because you want a guy that is of that size of that skill set. Um, and again, if you're not like super knee deep into, you know, reception perception data, you would like that kind of player to be north of 80% success rate versus zone. Um, 75% knocks you down to slightly below average, right? So like that's not ideal. Although we can also say this, it's a three-game sample, three and change. Um, and, And a couple of those games, again, probably still coming off of that injury. He's a rookie. To was me, it a high ankle sprain? High ankle sprain that he had. It right? was a high ankle. Point? Yeah, that's so, tough. Yeah, it's tough to come back. So, it, it, I, I think you would agree with me that his profile could go any kind of direction from now till the end of the season. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually looking it up. Uh, Jamison Crowder, 2015, uh, in his rookie season. I, I know again, real sexy comparison here. 72.7 percent success rate versus um, zone coverage. And then in his second season in 2016, he jumped up to 81.9%. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a guy like Wondell Robinson, when he learns a little bit more, when he gets a little Mm -hmm. bit healthier, you know, Jamison was a guy who struggled with injuries, right? So, like, I I could see him eventually. And then, like, in 2019, uh, he has a big season, Jamison Crowder, 82.8% success rate versus zone coverage. Like, he eventually got up to that level. And I feel like, Wandale could eventually get up there, especially because we're seeing some success on some of those uh, more down the field routes. And um, I'm, I'm going to you know, filibuster a little bit and, and look, <laughs> look this up too. Okay. But like the rookie report from last year, you know, um, like I'm thinking about a guy like, uh, like, like I'm Ross St. Brown from his rookie report last year, you know, he was not, they were kind of still trying to figure him out. Right. And he was a guy that oh, was yeah. way, oh, yeah. way down to like 70% success rate versus zone. But by the end of the season in his full season sample, he was up at like 81%, you know? So right. I think that's actually, you know, everybody's trying to find like the breakout rookie receiver, like you mentioned. Um, 
we saw a huge jump from Amon Ross St. Brown as like a full, like a, a, a kind of part-time player to then when the lions figured him out in those last few games, you know, man, he just, he obviously went crazy. And a lot of that was because they cut his route tree to come a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage. Right. They started using him more off the line, more in the slot. And, and Wandale even has been like about 74% of his snaps in the slot. Like, I think we could see him more being like closer to 80, not 85, 90%. And that would again, just increase the success rate for his zone number because um, the usage would be different. I mean, it's crazy looking back at Amon Ross St. Brown's like rookie reports uh, from his, his rookie report route chart last year, uh-huh. 21% uh, nine routes. What were they doing? Having <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown running 20% nine routes, Doesn't man, come on. Like, and come his on, route tree by the end of it looks totally different. So I think that's kind of a good, I'm not saying that Wando Robinson's about to go, you know, I'm on Ross St. Brown stupid in the second half of the season, but uh, like that post by rookie bump, the, 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 yeah. the jump after, like you said, after a few weeks of the game, I think we could see that from, from Wando Robinson. Maybe that success rate versus zone number gets up closer North of 80%. Dude, you know, it's interesting you 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 bring up Amon Ross St. Brown. There's another smallish slot receiver dude that is amazing in the contested catch area. So if if Wandale can continue that, you know, finding that success in contested catch, I don't know, man. Like that's that's a that's a good one for me. Um and again, I'm I have all the faith in the world in Kafka and Dable, man. Like they're gonna find the right spot to put this guy in, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, because I tell you what, you, you erase a lot of mistakes when you're able to kind of pluck that ball away from defenders as well. Um, and you know, what? only 35% rostered, only 35% rostered in Yahoo leagues, Wando Robinson. I think, he's yeah, that doesn't make sense. Kinda, yeah. Kind of a guy to stick on the end of benches and For um, sure. pretty interesting. Darius Slayton, you know, he's like a vertical stretch guy. So someone in the middle of the field, uh, Wando Robinson would be great. Hey, they're, they're getting Kenny Galladay back this week. You see that? Oh God. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I'm in such a, I'm in such a it's like, like injury on, hellacious man. situation with one of my wide receivers, like my one dynasty team, uh, where uh-huh. my receivers, like I lost Mike Williams. I actually just traded him away for, um, a, a, cu- a couple things, but, uh, yeah, I lost like Mike Williams. I lost Marquise Brown. And I was like, you know what? Kenny Galladay is on the waiver wire. Maybe I'll oh, just God. pick him up if I got <laughs> I'm Jesus, no! I'm, da- I'm you are down, down bad. bad. I'm down bad. I probably will never have to play him, but like, hey, you, you know what? Bad. Just in case, just in case. It's, dude, bro. You, you're the wide receiver guy. You don't have wide receivers. Like, what's going? <laughs> no, I do. What I mean, okay. About? Listen, listen. You're the I wide do, receiver guy. What are you talking about? I, I do have wide receivers. Um, I'm just saying, like, I had those okay. two injury problems. God, look, I still have. I still have Steph Diggs, Tyler Lockett, Michael Gallup. Oh, um, yeah, I mean we're still, oh, yeah. we're still good. But it's like okay, okay I'm I'm kind of considering like, you know, starting Julio Jones at, at the flex because I had a late oh, pick and I took Sky Moore with like the tenth pick in the first round. So and he's not contributing. I have Ke- no. I have Kadarius Tony on this team as a second round pick from last year, and like that's the problem. It's like I'm a, you know Corey Davis is like my kind of guy that I rotate in there, and he's. He's hurt. He's so. banged up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So a lot of injuries, bro. I I, I was go. like, okay. I was like seven deep until the injuries, and now I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay maybe good. Kenny Galladay right, makes good. a good pickup off the freaking <laughs> waiver wire. All right, faith restored. Faith restored. Good. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Okay, uh, we talked, uh, we've been hinting a little bit about KC and all the ties there, you know, 
you, you talk about Kadarius Tony now with the Chiefs. You you you've drafted Sky Moore, uh, Mike Kafka, and all those kind of you know connections with KC. Okay, let's talk about KC's situation right now because you know I will again I'll 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 eat that crow where I said hey I'd love to see a little bit more Sky Moore. And what you can do is get all those Mecole Hardman snaps right out the way. Like, go ahead, clear it right off. It's all good. Clear the table uh, for Sky Moore. And then what has he done ever since? Like, the guy's just been literally one of the most consistent contributors in that Kansas City offense. Uh, they're using him very creatively. And and he's really responded. He has played well. Yeah, man. It's been really interesting to see the McCole Hardman thing. So in week nine... Juju Smith-Schuster runs around on 89% of the dropbacks. Travis Kelsey's 83%. The rest of the guys, I mean, almost like pure rotation, right? MVS, right. by the way. I, I tailed you on the MVS sleeper call last week, and oof, yeah, that, yeah that blew up in my face. Yeah, I mean, my dude, they threw the ball 70 damn times, and they threw it to, to MVS like once. I yeah, mean, like, I think oh my, God. my buddy from Yahoo, Dalton Del Don, said it was like a record in terms of targets per route run, like a 1.9 or something like that. Just absurd. They drop back like almost 80 times the most in, in like recent history. It's unbelievable. Uh, anyways, McCole uh, Hardman, though, 58% routes per drop back. Um, they're kind of still using Justin Watson a decent fit, you know, he, and he's yeah. like a size speed freak, 26% routes per drop back. And then uh, Sky Moore at 24%, Kadarius Tony at 8%. But I think there's a couple of takeaways here. One, I think Juju's clearly distanced himself from everybody else. Like I kind of think he, from a fantasy standpoint, is you know, he's kind of he's gonna be pretty boring, but he's like a whatever low end wide receiver too, which is more than you drafted him to be. But I mm -hmm. think he's become a crucial role player for the Chiefs and like being a tough guy on third down. You know, being like a player that they can count on. You know, what what has he always been in in RP? He's been a zone beater that wins contested catches and is you know, kind of more of a physical guy, but not a down the, down the field uh, outside the number separator. That's exactly right. who he's been so far for the chiefs. Um, I think he's kind of emerges, like I said, the, the best receiver on this team and, and clearly, you know, some distance between him and him and everybody else. McCole Hardman though, man, interesting player. Um, He's almost been like a, their red zone rusher in a way too. Um, you know, oh, yeah. me, me, you and uh, Nick were our producer. We're bagging on Matt Canada and all those damn wide receiver <laughs> jet sweeps and rushing plays he has in his offense. And it's right. like, he doesn't have anybody with McCole Hardman speed, but they're, they're using McCole Hardman in that way with when they get down inside the scoring range, like they'll throw him little pop passes. They'll, they'll have him do rushing plays in the sweet, like sweep jet motion, stuff like that. And I, I, I mean, I know right now, McCole Hardman, and I guess this will be, bear, wor, be like worth monitoring the rest of the week. And then obviously if he sits out this game, he, he is missing practice so far this week with an abdominal injury. Right. But man, he's like kind of emerged as everybody wants to get like Sky Moore on the field. Everybody wants to get Kadarius Tony on the field. But like McCole Hardman is playing too well to, to lose his job at this point. Yeah, no. I mean, this guy is is somebody that's got legitimate 4-3-3 speed. Um, was somebody that um, that I wanted to get really excited about. His tape was really up and down for me. Um, I, you know, again, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm somebody that, you know, in terms of playing the actual position, it was it's been spotty, right? And I think that's yes. probably a fair way <laughs> yeah. to put it. But uh, but yeah, no, this last I want to say four or five game stretch now, Matt. They've really, and again, I really want to hammer the fact that they have been pretty creative. Uh, in terms of getting this guy in space in different ways and utilizing that speed. 
it's been really, really smart. This goes back to just the overall genius of Andy Reid and the execution of Pat Mahomes as well. I'm looking back at McCole Hardman's like 2020 reception perception profile. And, you know, again, I think you're right to say it, it's a little up and down, you know, 50th percentile success rate versus man coverage. I actually kind of think people think he's worse than he is. I think he's just like an average NFL receiver, which is mm. not great because they took him in the second round. You know, everybody's going to th- right. hey, took him over DK Metcalf, blah, blah, blah. Imagine DK right. Metcalf on the Chiefs. I get it. But like he's been pretty average. And but what's interesting about him is that, you know, they tried to get him. They try to get him on so many post routes. Right. Um, and his post route success rate in 2020, at least terrible. Like he's not a, I almost like that. They've cut him back into being like a short area slot receiver. Cause you can take advantage of his speed going more horizontal than you can vertical because it feels like anytime Patrick Mahomes is off, not on the same page with somebody, it's like McCole Hardman down the field. Whenever he throws a McCole Hardman on these post routes, like I said, on these slant route or these uh, yeah. nine routes, those never hit. But they've gotten a lot out of him, you know, on slant routes, on flat routes, um, getting him out there in space, obviously on the jet sweeps that we mentioned. And yep. I feel like that's a better way to take advantage of his of his speed getting him going horizontal as opposed to vertical. And again, we'll see what happens with this injury, but man, he, he's definitely a big part of this offense that I don't see him kind of going away. Would you like to guess where he ranks in terms of fantasy receivers on the season right now? Oh God. Um, I, I haven't seen it, but I'll guess. Um, I'll say he's, he's gone double digits in like five straight games or something stupid. I'll say he's like wide receiver 30 close in half PPR. He's 28. And like, okay. that's just straight up half PPR and in, yeah. in full PPR, I'm pretty sure he's like 22 or something like that. 24, wow. 22, um, which is nuts. Cause he's only caught like 30 something passes, but yeah, I, I just right. feel like he's a guy that everybody's going to want to get off the field, but I don't know that we see like Kadarius Tony or sky Moore, and, and like, they still want to get sky Moore on the field. They still want to get Justin Watson on the field. And, and the problem too, with both of those guys, obviously you'll see sky Moore stuff in the rookie report um, tomorrow morning. Yeah. I just don't know that any of them are going to go out there and play X receiver right now. And like, that's going to lead to just MVS out there doing running wind sprints. Like he was against the, <laughs> against the Titans and just God, dictating Christ. coverages <laughs> just out there getting his, getting his cardio in. Um, I, I just, out it, there as a starter. I just, like, I just want to go back to that. Like again, <laughs> they threw the ball 70 times or whatever. They had like 70 drop or I don't know how many dropbacks, but a bunch, like almost 80 dropbacks, right? Like, and it's, it's not like he wasn't running routes. No, he, no, he's out there running routes. They just, I was like shocking against a Tennessee Titans defense that has given up the most production on deep balls this year that Patrick Mahomes didn't pull the trigger downfield on MVS. Anyways, whatever. I'm, I, I was in full think, on tilt do, mode. Do you think that might be because MVS is not that good? <laughs> That's as somebody pointed out in my mentions, you don't, you don't invest in and you don't put calls on players that are not good. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I understand, but Hey, football is a fuck is a crazy game, right? Like, and and bad players have good games every now and again, but no, you're right. You're right. I, I, we, I invested way too much time and energy uh, into a player in MVS that is uh, is a dicey player, dicey proposition at best. Hey, can I go back to Juju? Because I, I think he's been playing so well. Yeah. Um, and you talk about a success rate versus zone. And obviously, as we've talked about in previous episodes, defenses primarily play zone in the NFL. 
Um, but his success rate last year was above 80%. And as a matter of fact, in, in just 2021, uh, you graded him out as the 11th best player against zone coverage. I think that in and of itself would surprise a great number of people about how good Juju Smith-Schuster was against zone coverage. I, I know I said this in the offseason too, but I, I kind of feel like Juju has gone from being one of the most overrated receivers to one of the most underrated receivers in the <laughs> NFL because okay. there was a time, there was like, and I think RP has always been on the right side of history with him because there was a time when like, he was like the wide receiver one overall in dynasty. You know, he was Woo. because he was, I mean, and every time every goofball out there had like an age adjusted production list that Juju like dominates everybody and the age adjusted production or whatever, because, because <laughs> <laughs> he, but he was, he was like the right. big slot receiver and like the clear cut number two to a guy like, you know, to Antonio Brown. And then, um, I don't think that Juju's like skills at beating zone coverage. He actually, in I think it was 2019 has the second or the 11th highest success rate versus zone coverage in RP history. So he's always been great wow. at beating zone coverage. He just is not like a traditional number one. He's not good against man coverage. He's not good against press coverage, but he does win contested. So he can make big plays there. Um, and he's mostly like a short area route guy. I mean, his route trees always looked like Hunter Renfro, you know, in terms of right. success rate versus on the routes, like, dig slant curl flat that's it like nothing going on down the field um like i remember uh i remember i say make that hunter renfro comparison because i remember when i was working with the fantasy footballers with reception perception like mike wright tweeted out uh the hey siri show me a slot receiver with um onto Renfro's route tree graphic. And I replied with Juju's because it was like, and that was like, <laughs> that was like the peak of Juju being like that dude, you know? So, yeah. um, I just kind of funny, but anyway, so he's kind of gone from being a little overrated back then to now, I think like coming into this year in free agency, he was, uh, oh, my series acting up. Cause I said that, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nothing for you, nothing for you right now. But anyways, oh, um, yeah. So what the hell was I saying? Uh, he, he's, he's now gone to becoming like a little bit underrated, you know, to the point that people think he's trash. He's not trash. He's like, yeah, I know solid, that's the thing. Yeah. People think he's bad, which I I'm yeah. just surprised by. No, he's not bad. He just is. Now I think he's kind of a little underrated and you know, he's averaging uh, over the last three games, 14.7, uh, it's 14.8 yards per reception. Like he's made, been making big plays. Like we haven't seen him lately. Well, of course, cause now he's like, you know, playing with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to get him and get the ball in the right spots, get that ball with yeah. some timing, precision. Um, you know, he's 25 targets in his last three games. Like he's really emerged, I think, as a guy that's crucial to this offense right now. Because, you know, last year, and this was a big reason I was excited about Juju, teams with the with the Chiefs, like, and we're seeing this um now that Tyree kills in Miami too, like no one no one plays man coverage against the Dolphins because if you do, you are going to get shredded, you know, by yeah. the speed there and the spacing that that offense provides you. Now, last year, teams were playing no man coverage, all zone coverage against the Chiefs. This year, they've transitioned to playing a lot of man coverage against the Chiefs, but still to a point that Juju is like, gonna get those zone looks underneath that's a big reason why like mvs is not gonna do much against the titans because they just man up against him yeah. um and then you know they can have juju be like a 10 catch 80 yard type of guy there so um i think he just really emerges a nice player for them for sure yeah now, you know i think the two things that i take away from watching juju play is that you talk about the contested catch you talk about the toughness i love the toughness 
that he brings. Um, he brings a certain attitude, I think, um, to that wide receiver room. And the other thing that I really, really like too is that, man, I don't think he gets enough credit because of the whole social media TikTok thing, but he's a really heady player, smart player. Yeah, like agree, he knows yeah. he's got real great, in my opinion, I think he's got great field awareness. Like he knows where he is at. He knows where that first down marker is. He knows where he needs to get to. I, I think very rarely does he come up short of the sticks when he runs that route, you know, it, and, and if they need it, I feel like Juju's in the right spot. And I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that uh, because people think he's adult because of the whole, you know, social media thing, which I also understand too. Yeah. But yeah. on the football field, he is a he's a heady player. I think that is definitely reflected in that success rate versus zone number. Like you're not an 80 plus percent zone guy if you're not smart. Okay. Cause you have to understand coverages and you have to understand timing. Um, you got to be in the right place for the quarterback where he expects you to be. Um, and I also think that's why he talk about the age adjusted production stuff. You know, that's why, because he's tough and heady, he was able to produce it, you know, right away in the NFL. And you know, you're so right to bring up about the route depth. Nothing drives me crazier than seeing receivers on third down run the <laughs> route short. short of the yep. sticks. sticks I, I mean, for, for God's sakes, man. <laughs> and you know who's a like, I, we talked about Darnell Mooney on the last podcast. Darnell Mooney's like the king of running the route short of the, to the point that like he always has these fantastic looking catches where he's got to like, it's like, you don't have to do that. You don't like, <laughs> remember the, the against uh, Washington on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, Bar Darnell Mooney. Like has to make this crazy catch that he doesn't it doesn't end up catching because he's because he's at the, he runs the route short. Be in the end zone. Be in the end zone. Like be at the depth where the route is supposed, it's supposed to, be. to be. Yeah. And your quarterback won't have to won't look so inaccurate. You'll, I don't know. Just make a play. Make a play for your quarterback and like be in the right spot. And I agree. Juju has always been a little bit underrated in that regard. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster versus zone coverage. In four of the five years that Matt Harmon has charted him has been above 81% success rate versus zone in four of those five years. In the one year he was not 2017, he was at 79.2%. So he has been um, really rookie like, year. Yeah. His rookie year. I mean, this guy has been elite in terms of beating zone coverage. Now that being said, you take a look at his success rate versus man, <laughs> and they're all in the fifties, uh, not ideal, which is not great, but man, I, I, again, just you're right. Underrated doesn't get the credit he deserves, um, for filling that role in that KC offense, um, as well as he does, I think him and Travis Kelsey, man, they just create, they just create problems, you know? So no, it's been, um, it's been good. And you know, it's, it's funny. We have this conversation because you know, who hates this guy the most is my colleague at direct TV, John Hanson. He cannot oh, no. stand Juju Smith Schuster. And it's because he drafted and told everyone to draft sky more. And he feels like sky uh, is getting blocked <laughs> by Juju right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the, the good thing I look, I, I just mentioned sky Moore's on my dynasty team, but I think people got a little, a little crazy with the sky Moore stuff and redraft. Yeah. Like they're on the, on like a site, like underdog fantasy, he was going on like the eighth, ninth round. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, it was like, not going to, no, wow. not going to happen this year. Um, so 
I, I think Sky Moore is still fine for the future, but I, I kind and that kind of brings back to Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony that like and the McCall Hardman thing is that okay. I kind of feel like because you know McCall Hardman is a free agent after this year. Juju is on a one year deal, the, and I kind of think he might price himself out of the Chiefs um, situation. Yeah, totally. And, and MVS, MVS is like on a three year funny money deal that they can get out of after one year. So I mean, maybe yeah. there's a chance that like they bring Juju back, they get rid of MVS, and then it's like Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony are there 2023 guys so yeah maybe maybe john hansen will, will feel better in the future but yeah he's definitely um i again i don't want to go into too much into sky more i don't want to go into yeah. too many other rookies because of the rookie report but like he's a guy that i i'm still trying to figure out like where he plays in the nfl uh, sky okay. Moore, positional positional wise um give us one last teaser of the rookie report give us one guy and you don't have to go into full-on depth but give me one guy that uh you charted and you were like mm, that is worse than I was anticipating. I was a little disappointed in, in Jahan Dotson. I'll, I'll say that one. Um, that is interesting. I think people are extremely excited about Jahan Dotson. Okay. Well, like I do a thing in this, um, in this, like at the very, at the very beginning, I do like, I sort them into four categories, pleasantly surprised as expected. We'll see. And disappointed. The only guy that's going to go in the disappointed bucket is David Bell. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, okay um i do think i put jahan i was like hoping maybe jahan Dotson would show a little bit better but he he's really actually kind of surprisingly good against press coverage but um mm -hmm. his man score is like just average his press his zone score is just average it's like kind of crazy how he's been getting by on contested catches and like big plays like that i also think george pickens i think people will be a little like I'm not underwhelmed by George Pickens, but I think other people might be a little underwhelmed by George Pickens just because, I mean, his highlight moments are so crazy, but yeah, I do think he's right. still learning a little bit. Like, like when he said he's open a hundred percent of the time or 99% of the time, let me tell you what, pal. No, you're not. Uh, but, <laughs> let me yeah, tell I, you something, pal. <laughs> I, I think he's, he yeah. could be a guy that's big in the second half of the season though. Cause he does have a good press success rate, but um, yeah, I think people will be underwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed because it was kind of what I was expecting, but, okay. um, the only one I'm straight up disappointed in so far is, is David Bell. Um, I have two more guys I'm going to add. I do need to finish Tyquan Thornton from the Patriots. I'm interested in that one. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Shakir I'll add probably by the end of the week. If not, I've also said, like I said in the opener here, I'm, I'm because I'm already doing in season charting. Like I might add a guy like Shakir next week, if I don't get to him this week, like Christian Watson, if he plays a little more, I'll add him into the rookie report. Yeah, that's um, be it's tough. just like a lot, a lot of these guys, they have just haven't played enough yet. Right. Like, right. Um, you know, even a guy like <laughs> there's a guy, Montreal, Washington, who's played a lot for Denver. I'm not going to chart him, but I'm just pointing that out there. A lot of these guys just haven't played that much. Uh, that's interesting. All right. So there you go. Um, again, rookie report is going to be available by the time you listen to this podcast on Thursday, receptionperception.com to go check it out. Um, great information there. And I tell you what, whether you're a regular football fan or a fantasy football fan, it is must read material because from a fantasy perspective, it really gives you an idea. Okay. These are the guys that I want to target in trades. Uh, moving forward. And then again, from a real life perspective, kind of gives you an idea and sets a tone for what these guys can look like moving forward. I'm going to throw this out there. I think George Pickens could be on a new Hopkins um, trajectory if everything pans out. 
I'll just throw that out there. I don't know if those numbers match up. That's why when when you talk about George Pickens and the numbers and all those things, that's the guy that I'm going to be trying to make that player comp to and just seeing if that's true. And maybe I'm just way off, so we'll see. But certainly an uh, mm. interesting uh, and a promising start, I think, for a rookie in George Pickens. All right, so anyways, I'll just leave that out there. I'll leave that out there. And we'll get going, man. But have uh, them have yeah. them t- d- have them stop running him on go routes. Um, <laughs> enough enough of the go routes for George Pickens. Let him hey, run listen, a slant. Let him run a that dig. That was bro. again. That was the New Copkins special uh, early in his career in Houston. Was just get down there and we'll just toss it up to you and let's just see what happens. <laughs> Anyways, but we'll find out, man. Uh, again, I can't. I, I myself can't wait to read. Uh, the findings that you've got out there and putting out there for these rookies. So there you go. All right, that's the show, man. If you guys would, again, do us a solid. Like and subscribe to the show. If you want to rate the show too, man, that would be awesome. All right, but we got to roll, man. For Matt Harmon, I am James Coe. We'll see you.